Hello, you are listening to The Will and Judy Show, a special podcast from Temple Baptist Church in Canton, where we study and talk about the book of Revelation and Bible prophecy. Thanks for joining us. Okay, we are ready for John's vision of Jesus as recorded in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10 through 20. So we're going to begin with verse 10. But before I start, I want to explain why Judy's not in this episode. Now, we had recorded this episode, and the memory card that I recorded it on became corrupted. And so when I tried to download it, it wouldn't download it because the computer wouldn't read it. So I am now in a dilemma where I am having to re-record it. Now, I thought about going over to Judy's and and re-recording there, but I would like to go over to Judy's and get, then do the next segment uh, instead of re-recording this. That way we can kind of move on to some things, and she's already heard some of the points that I made, so I am going to go ahead and go through this myself, and then we will, we will commence with Judy. We'll be in Revelation chapter 2 with Judy as we talk about the seven churches. But here we're going to do John's vision of Jesus in this episode. So I'm going to read verses 10 through 20. If you have your Bibles, you can follow along with me. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna, and to Pergamum, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me, and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe, with a a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white like wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Write therefore the things you have seen, things that are, and those that are to take place after this. And that, that's actually Judy's verse there. And then verse 20, As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. All right, so we begin with John describing himself and what his situation is. It says he's in the Spirit on the Lord's day, at the Isle of Patmos. Now, when he says he's in the spirit, we're really talking about a frame of mind, a mode that he's in. He's in worship mode. Now, some people will automatically, in some denominations, they will say that in the spirit means you're praying in tongues. And that's not necessarily the case. He is, he's in a mode where he is acutely aware of the presence of God. And there are times when we worship God, when we pray, that we are acutely aware of God's presence. We know that God is uh, praying through us. We're, when we're singing, worshiping, 
We know God is present. And uh, this is where John is. And John and John knows the difference because he, he used to not have have this. And he experienced uh, the baptism of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And when the Spirit of God came inside him, of course, he also experienced Jesus, uh, saw him. But he knew the marked difference between being in the Spirit and not. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 9, it does tell us that if we don't have the Spirit, let me read that for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 through 9, it says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So we see there that a person who's in the flesh can't please God. It's just they have no ability. The flesh is hostile to God. But I want you to notice in verse 9, it says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. By definition, when we become a Christian, when we become a born-again Christian, from that moment on, we are in the Spirit. We've been placed, we've been baptized into the Spirit. We are in the Spirit. It's our position and the Holy Spirit lives in our life, and He's speaking to us. We are no longer in the flesh that we cannot please God. We are now in the Spirit. Now, when John talks about being in the Spirit, it's a little bit, little bit different. And when, but the Spirit's in his life, but he's actually uh, uh, worshiping God. He's allowing the Spirit of God to speak to him. He's, having, he's communing with God in this moment. And I think sometimes uh, Christians, uh, we worship God without God being there. We can just go through the motions without really connecting with him. And really the, the point of worship is we can, we can connect with God and God can connect and speak to us. Uh, doesn't always necessarily, doesn't mean that we're praying in tongues. Now, some people, will, like I said, will, inf- will insist on that, but that's not necessarily, not necessarily the case. But Ephesians 6, verse 18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So we're going to be praying with the awareness that God's present when we pray. That's the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, you know it. When you're praying, and it sometimes when when you first start praying, you just it's just hard to pray. But when you when you're praying in the spirit, it becomes easy to pray. The thoughts come to your mind; it just flows. Everything's easy. And so John is he's praying in the spirit on the Isle of Patmos. He is worshiping God. First uh, Corinthians twelve, 12 three says, "We are those who speak in the spirit of God never says Jesus is accursed, and we can never say Jesus is the Lord." except in the Holy Spirit. So we need to, it's a spiritual thing. So John is worshiping God in the Spirit. And it says on the Lord's Day, Lord's Day is a reference to Sunday. It's called the Lord's Day because that was the day when Jesus rose from the dead. And ever since that day, the apostles, they were up in the upper room that that day and that evening, uh, Jesus went through the wall and and he appeared to his disciples. And then he, he came back and and, and on and on like that. And then you had Pentecost Sunday was they were in the upper room. That was on the Lord's day when that happened. Uh, so ever since then, the Christians started meeting on the Lord's day. Now, some of them were meeting on Saturday, the, sa- the, the uh, Sabbath. Um, so, uh, but after a while, it just, it just started becoming more and more the Lord's day because they wanted to remember Jesus. And also they were kind of distancing themselves from Judaism, from the uh, the practices, the law, and those types of things. 
but they were they were worshiping God on the Lord's day. So here, John is worshiping God. He's in the spirit on the Isle of Patmos. He's he's on the Isle of Patmos because he's in jail. He's incarcerated. He's by himself, and he's thinking about the other Christians that's, that in in churches that he knows, and he's worshiping along with them, even though he's not there, he's knowing at this time they're worshiping. We're thinking about Jesus and he's worshiping Jesus on that day. So on, it's a special day for him. Of course, the scripture speaks about the first day of the week. There was a collection and, and even there's just, there's just so many, there's some, there's some references to the first day of the week where the disciples were gathering together. And uh, so we, we see that practice in the early church. That's why we worship on Sunday. Now, Saturday, you know, people talk about, oh, well, the Bible says to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to make it very short that we do remember the Sabbath when we enter Christ, when we have come into, when we, when we've asked Christ into our life, we've entered into his rest. We are keeping the Sabbath so that Whatever we do, we do it heartily as to the Lord. No matter where we go, what we do, everything we do, all of life is worship. It's not just on Saturday. It's every single day. Okay, now if we want to have a special day, we, we can do that. But we are keeping the Sabbath. We're not breaking it because like the, the, the rest, the Sabbath rest is fulfilled in Christ. When we enter in Christ, we have ceased from our works of trying to earn our salvation, and we are resting in God's provision. We're resting because Jesus finished. He died on the cross. He finished it forever. He said, it is finished. It is completed. It is done. And he is the right hand of the Father resting because it's done for us. And we are the same way. We enter into Christ, and we're at rest as well as far as working for our salvation. So we don't have to worship on Saturday. We don't have to... Because we already keep the Sabbath. We are obeying the command. We are keeping the law in Christ by being in Christ. Okay, so that, that's, that's a real quick explanation of that. Okay, so Lord's Day, we have the, we, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. And then while he was there, he heard a trumpet, a voice like a trumpet behind himself. He, a, 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 a trumpet behind him. And he turned to see the trumpet he just turned to see what the voice was and he uh he said he saw some things and the first thing he saw were either some these these seven uh candlesticks he saw the seven golden lampstands and i used to think that um this was like the menorah the menorah is seven uh they have seven lamps on it but they're all the stands are joined into one stand the menorah is and the the lampstand in the temple so i thought this was this lampstand but it's interesting because it's it 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 details it as several is seven separate stands uh golden lamp stands and it's kind of interesting each one stands on its own they're not they're not conjoined like you see it in the temple and i think there's something significant to that and we'll get to that when we talk about the seven churches Okay, so he turns, he sees this, this, the, the lampstands in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man clothed with a long robe, the golden sash around his waist. So he's looking and he sees someone like the son of man. 
And this is a description of Jesus. A lot of times um, when somebody saw, like Daniel would see the vision that he saw, the, the Ancient of Days on the cross. He said he, he saw him like the Son of Man. God looks like a man because man or man, we are made in the image of God. Uh, so he has the form of man likened to the Son of Man. And uh, Jesus referred to himself as the Son of Man. He came to this earth. Okay. And then you have him, he's clothed with a long robe with a golden sash around his chest. Now, this, this is um, um, you the long robe and the golden sash. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit here a little bit. And then he describes his head, the Ancient of Days. Um, this is the Ancient of Days. His hairs, his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. The whiteness of his head, the whiteness of his hairs represent the age, the ancientness of him, how old he is. And we see this, this is uh, written in Daniel, the, the book of Daniel chapter 7. You see it, the vision of of Jesus in that, um, in that, okay, Daniel chapter 7 verse 9 says, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, their hair of his head like pure wool. And it says, His throne was fiery flames, his wheels burned fire, a stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousand served him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court sat in judgment and the books were open. So the, the hair of his head, it describes his being ancient. And we know that Jesus is from eternity past. He's the, he, there's no one older than him. He's the, he is not a created being. He's eternal. He is from everything that's been created, been created through him. He made everything. He didn't make himself and then make everything else. He is the, he has always been. And so he, the description of him is that he's the ancient of days. We see that in the book of Daniel. That is a description of God when Daniel looks up there, this ancient of days. Okay. So we have the, the head, which was, and then you have the eyes, which are a flame of fire. And we'll look at a scripture here pretty soon. His feet were bronze. Uh, burnished bronze. They were um, refined in a furnace. So Jesus is, uh, this is important to the people that he had went through. He ref was refined in fire, Jesus himself. He, he had suffered and lived in this life and suffered and had been purified. Not, not that he was, wasn't pure, but to the people he's talking to who's going through persecution, it's kind of important to know, kind of nice to know that your that the Lord and your king went through the same things that you're going through yourself. And then it talks about his voice being like the roar of many waters. We talk about the, the waves of the sea, the waters. That's what, if you ever heard crowds that are cheering, that's what it sounds like. It's, it's a very powerful sound. Um, it's like that roar of the many waters. Of course, it... I mean, it make you think like a lion roar. It's very, uh, very massive, very, very massive. And of course, his right hand, his right hand held the seven stars. His mouth, uh, the of course, the seven stars were described as the seven angels of the seven churches. 
we will just we'll get into that when we get into the seven churches describing that specifically his mouth is the sharp two-edged sword going out his mouth which is the word of god and hebrews the book of hebrews talks about the word of god is not sharper than a two-edged sword it pierces into the deepest parts of a person okay all right so john's reaction uh when he saw that he fell as though dead this is when i saw him i fell his feet as though dead now i want you to think about this for a moment before i go to, i'm going to turn to ezekiel and i'm going to go back to daniel here pretty soon but i want you to think about john already knew what jesus looked like okay he's seen jesus before uh and he was very close to him on on the earth but when he's seeing jesus here he's seeing jesus in his full glory and it and it and it totally overwhelms him, so much so that he faints. It just, it's too much. In fact, in the Old Testament, it was a belief that if a person saw God face to face, it would kill them. And um, so John is, um, he fell at his feet dead. He was overwhelmed by what he saw. It's very scary to see God like this. It, it would be a very scary sight. It would scare us. I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I want God to be scary. I want God to be uh, magnificent. I want him to be beyond big and huge um, because this is God <laughs> uh, full of full of fear, full of awesomeness. OK, let me re- let me go back to Ezekiel. And I want to read to you what it says out of Ezekiel. I want you to see the connection and the parallel. It's the same thing, but but Ezekiel describes a few other things. Ezekiel chapter one, Ezekiel chapter one, verses twenty-six through chapter two, verse two. I want you to notice the parallels, but I'm gonna I'm gonna point out where it's a little more descriptive. And above the expanse over their heads there was the likeness of a throne in the appearance like sapphire, and seated above the likeness of the throne was a likeness of a human appearance. And upward, from what had appearance of his waist, I saw it were gleaming metal, like the appearance of fire enclosed all around. And downward, from what had the appearance of his waist, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and there was brightness around him. Like the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. So there's a rainbow there, too, they say. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Wow. So he had the same response as John. He fell on his feet, uh, fell on his face. But I want you to notice what happens next. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak with you. And he, as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. Now I want you to notice that. What is the Spirit of God doing? God, the Spirit of God is setting him on his feet. Now, I want, you to, I, want you, I want to point this out to you, that the, you don't see the Holy Spirit slaying people. You don't see him knocking them down. Here they are. They see the full glory of God. And who wouldn't be so overwhelmed when they see full glory of God that they would not faint? They, it would be so overwhelming. But yet we see the Holy Spirit entering into Ezekiel and putting him up on his feet. And you see the same thing with John later when you see that. And I want to, I want to point out uh, a couple things. Uh, the gleaming fire that's around his, uh, around his, this, the top part of his, 
clothing. Um, he had the, the appearance of fire and, of course, the likeness of a human appearance. Um, this was a really bright vision that he was seeing. Okay, I want to read for you Daniel chapter 10, verse 2. And it's Daniel's vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. And behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, okay, and then he goes on. Now you see this, this is a same, this very, very similar vision to what we see in Revelation John saw and what we saw with Ezekiel. But I want you to notice the flame of fire, and I want to explain that to you. The eyes of fire, this is the penetrating gaze of God. The eyes of fire that will burn right through you. When he's looking at you, you can see right through you. Um, nothing can hide from God's penetrating gaze. And the voice, it says here, uh, like we talk about waters, and it's the, the voice of a multitude. Now, if you remember hearing mo a multitude of people, uh, it sounds like waves. It sounds like water. Um, his feet here, again, were burnished bronze. And uh, it describes, of course, his, the brightness of his countenance. And, of course, John falls on his feet. He fell as though dead as well, like, like I mean, uh, Daniel, like John and Ezekiel, and yet God picks them both up. So their reaction is the same way. Now, I think all of us, if we were to see Jesus in his full glory like this, it would be so overwhelming that we, we would fall his feet dead. We, we would fall, we would faint. We'd be so overwhelmed by it. And um, this is the... The glory of the Lord. This is the vision that John saw. And in his writing to the seven churches, it's going to be a part of this vision. It's going to be used in uh, a, a, a part of it's going to be used that's appropriate to that church, uh, that the message that church is going to speak to. So this this vision of who Jesus is, is the basis for the rest of Revelation. It's, it's him as the king. Now, I used to think that Jesus is dressed up in like a priestly garment uh, in basically the the throne room, but would be really the the uh, the tabernacle or, or the temple. But I'm beginning to change my thinking on this. I think what we're seeing is the king, the victorious king that is to come. And uh, churches needs to be reminded of how uh, fierce he is, of how even though he's gracious, and of course, and we see the rainbow, and there's a rainbow that surrounds him, and we're going to see that in, in Revelation 4. But so that's the vision. We see his heads, his eyes, his feet, his voice. The right hand, it says here, 
the right hand of this uh, in his right hand are the seven stars uh, and and then the seven golden uh, lampstand uh, are the churches the angels the seven churches are the angels to the seven churches are the seven stars and the seven lampstand are the seven churches so we'll we'll uh, we'll talk more about the lampstands and all that later but as for now this is the this is the vision of Christ that he is the he is the right about he says write those things which you have seen which is the vision of Christ and he's going to say write those things that are he's going to talk about the churches that are at that present time and then those that shall take place after this it should be uh, Revelation chapter 4 onward the things that shall take place after this so that's kind of the outline and we'll we'll repeat that in another uh, session so chapter two we're ready to go into chapter two next time okay thank you for your patience uh, i'm sorry we didn't have judy uh joining us on this one uh, i really enjoy having her with me to help me to 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 ask questions about certain things sometimes she she throws me on something and i got to really think about some things but I, it's good um uh, to have that okay all right well we'll we'll talk to you later till next time Bye-bye. Well, thank you for listening. Let us know if you have any questions you would like for us to explore further in future episodes. Okay, thank you and bye-bye.